0: Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out.
1: This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Magic, the podcast.
0: From Television City in Hollywood, it's the Carol Burnett Show with Harvey Court.
1: conway you know how it is when you meet a celebrity and you think god he's such a nice guy when i meet him like that i hope he's really like that at home well one of those people is tim conway everybody knows him everybody loves him and the good news is he was that way all the time and we've got his daughter with us kelly conway who's written a great book my dad's funnier than your dad and that pretty much is true (laughs) growing up with tim conway in the funniest house in america and Talk about just an odd thing. We've been trying to get a hold of Kelly for a little bit, and she happens to be at the gravesite. She was going by to say hello, so kind of a, an interesting place to be. But uh, Kelly, I am sure you miss your dad every day, and uh, it's just so nice that you were able to capture that so people could really feel comfortable knowing that, wow, we like this guy so much, and uh, he's everything we thought he was. He is. and he,
0: I mean, he was. And and that's, like I said, the the thing that people ask me first is, was he the same at home as he was on TV? And he was he was kind and uh, funny, and it was a walking circus every day.
1: Well, you know, you talk about a walking circus, and people see him, and the one thing about him, he has that kind of dry sense of humor where he's low-key, and he makes other people laugh. Was it that way at home, too, like not only among the family, but when friends would come over and so forth? Was it always kind of where uh, he just felt comfortable in every situation?
0: Yeah, I mean, we didn't, nothing was ever different at home for us. And because that's all we knew, it wasn't like we lived with a celebrity. It was just our dad and he had a good job and it was a great fun job. Um, but our friends and family and people that would come over on the weekends or Christmas or birthdays were just, I mean, they were famous, but we no one ever put it together. Not my, I have five younger brothers and they were just, it was just what we did on Saturday or Sunday or Christmas, you know? Um, it was always fun, and it was always something different. My dad would never just say, hey, let's, let's go swimming. He would put together a swim meet uh, with all the neighborhood kids and have trophies and uh, T-shirts and prizes and put lanes in the pool and, uh, you know, a barbecue after. So it was always, I figured out in writing this book that I think he just did it to keep us quiet <laughs> um, and to keep us a little bit tamed because there's six of us. Uh, so yeah, well, that's always, a, always big family. keep us occupied. Well, you know, yeah. what's, what's
1: interesting is he was big into projects. This cracks me up. Like he, he builds a go-kart track for you in the backyard and he doesn't bring in a crew or anything. He, he does it all himself. I mean, was this kind of a, a way of him just kind of relaxing and, uh, you know, getting away a little bit, you know, from the behind the camera?
0: definitely he's he was all about the projects and uh like I said it wasn't just to go swimming it was have a swim meet and you know 40 kids would show up and we had teams and yeah the go-kart track he was handy and he was resourceful and he builds um I mean you know like an obstacle course with a little river and uh trees in the way and a hill and uh lots of turns and so he just he 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 wasn't the type to sit around and watch TV on his days off. He had to be doing something. And if it was a go kart track or, uh, you know, make the house, make the living room into a movie theater because the Wizard of Oz was going to be on that night, um, that's what he did.
1: Boy, and he just loved his kids. I mean, there's a great story you tell, and they're like, we're. Every time somebody goes to uh, their first day in grade school or something, he's driving around the block because he's caught up with it. It's just a wonderful guy. <laughs>
0: he did. I mean, I think it, he, got, he got a little tiny bit more relaxed when the sixth one came around. But <laughs> I'm the eldest and the only girl. Um, and so when I got dropped off at school, he was worried. He always thought someone was going to kidnap me, and I don't know why. Um, but he... Drove around the block a few times and found that during recess I got left behind in the playground and he snatched me up, saw me crying on the playground, reached over the fence and pulled me up by my sweater and put me in his car and said, You're not going back. I hope you liked it. I hope you didn't make any good friends because you're going to another school. How dare they leave you out on the playground?"
1: Your dad, your his entire life up till just about the very end was always involved with show business, and you know people wanted to have him around and so forth. As far as the kids go, I know you're you're involved in the world of show business, right? You do design work.
0: I am. I um, am a wardrobe stylist and costume designer, and so i do uh, I do a lot of commercials uh, and anything that anyone needs, really. Some still shoots and TV, um, and I kind of learned it all from hanging out at CBS when we were kids, you know, we would, we would get to go visit my dad uh, a few times a month at, uh, at work. And I would wander off, you know, when we got there, all the kids, all Harvey's kids would be there, Carol's kids. And Thursday afternoons were kind of a kid's thing. Uh, so all our friends were there, but I would, I would run off and go to the costume department or the hair and makeup and, uh, just kind of look at all these, I mean, the costumes that Bob Mackey made uh, every week oh, were, yes. I mean, there were, there were 40, 50 costumes per, per show. Wow. Um, you know, the big musical numbers and the sparkles and, um, and across the hall from that was the Sunny and Cher show, which he was doing as well. So all of Cher's uh, cool gowns and her headdresses and, and uh, it was, it was, Pretty great to too. Yeah, learning from the best. Playground. <laughs> that, yeah. Kidding. So, I had no idea that uh, that was going to be my life, but um, you know, it depends on on how you grow up and what you know and what you get to see. And I got to see all that. You know, if you if you grow up um, with a dad as you know, even an accountant, that's what you know and that's what you see. So maybe that's you know, kids go into that. So. Well, yeah, well, you,
1: your brother, Tim Jr., uh, I used to listen to him when I lived down in Los Angeles for a while. Uh, great guy, and I, it, my favorite times were when he brought his dad on, but uh, <laughs> but just a good guy. Uh, how's he doing?
0: He's so good. He um, He's the best brother. I love him. Um, I love all my brothers. Tim and I are exceptionally close, though, because we both live in L.A., and he's on every night, and so... I do. I listen to him every night between six and 10. And I hate when he's not on the air, if he's on vacation or he's booked out for a minute, cause then I don't know where he is, but I know exactly where he is from six to 10 every night. But he's funny. He's, he's, he's as funny as my dad. And he talks for four hours a night about nothing or everything, you know, current events, or he tells stories about our family, um, pretty much every night. And, uh, He's a, he's a he's a great guy. He kind of took off where my dad left off, as far as that energy of always having to do something. Um, so he's he never sits still, and it's one project after the next. And I love that he's a little bit like, a lot like my dad. Well, yeah, and
1: radio's a great outlet for him because he gets to talk for, like you say, for all that time and I remember listening to him and you'd really pick up, if you listen regularly, you really felt like you knew him because his personality really came out, which was kind of fun.
0: Yeah, his banter and the words he uses and his, the way he tells a story and he's such a good storyteller and he's, you know, when my dad passed away, my dad was my best, best pal and I talked to him every day. Uh, if I didn't see him every day, I talked to him every day. And, um, so my brother has kind of taken over a little bit of that too. Like, you know, call when you get there or let me have a phone number where you're going to be at the, in the mountains because we need, we need to get a hold of you. And so he just, he, he keeps track of me and, he makes sure I'm safe
1: and sound, just like my dad did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was great. You mentioned Carol Burnett before. I think I think you know he he's done a, a movies. Of course, Mikhail's he, My dad loved McHale's Navy, and he was great with Ernest Borgnine. The two of them were really good together. But that Carol Burnett show has really lived on. Where I think people instantly go to that. And I noticed that uh, on the internet all of a sudden that elephant joke that was uh, edited out because uh, I think Vicki Lawrence used a swear word in it, but is it amazing yeah. to you that people that had no idea, didn't watch that show or whatever, could watch that and just pass it on to everybody? I mean, I know kids that love that bit.
0: I know. it's um, That was my dad's thing, is uh, he always made sure that whatever project he did, uh, whatever was in the script, that it was clean and you could watch it with your grandparents or you could watch it with your grandkids, you know. Right. Um, it, it was nothing to be embarrassed about or having to turn the volume down if there was some language or some kind of, you know, something that kids shouldn't be listening to. Um, so, you know, he, he made that laugh and he, and he really stuck to it. There's, no, um, there's nothing to uh, have to hide, you know, for the little kids or grandparents. Yeah,
1: and his ability to make people laugh on the air. I mean, of course, everybody knows about Harvey Korman, and I, I think your your dad was just somebody that could get him every time. But even people like Carol Burnett, who never broke character, would do it with him. There was something about mm-hmm. the way he would do it because he never broke character. It seemed, you know, if, if you got a little snicker out of him, you were doing something.
0: Yeah, he was he was the hardest one to get. Well, mostly because he was the one doing it to everybody else. He would think of things in the night <laughs> and uh, to try to to try to kill them on set. But, um, yeah, it was it was hard to get him. But when he did, he would... I don't think there was any coming back from it because it would... I think it was a build-up. He would end up not being able to speak. He was laughing so hard. Uh, there's a couple of those, too, which, were, which are so fun, too.
1: Yeah. Well, you know I, I, what I like about this book, and I think everybody should read it. I mean, if you like Tim Conway, you'll love this book. And, it, it, you know, it's one of those where... You're not trying to tell some secret, some some nasty family secret or anything. It really is a love letter to your uh, to your father, but it's told in a way so people kind of feel like they could understand what that was like. And Joe, really, what a great childhood you all had.
0: We had such a great childhood, and I'm and I honestly know how lucky I am every day because you read and you hear about from friends or friends of friends and how rough some childhoods were, and I, I'm i grateful I had two great parents that are from the Midwest, and they kind of raised us like we were in the Midwest, even though we were in L.A., mm-hmm. um, and just kind of kept us close and, you know, protected us, but also let us do what we wanted to and ride our bikes to whoever's house we wanted to go to and, and let us have some freedom. Uh, because growing up in the 70s in the San Fernando Valley in L.A., um, that was like being in the country then, you know. It's not, uh, it's not like it is, it wasn't like it is now, uh, which is kind of, you know, a big city in the valley, but it was, it was quiet and, um, yeah, it was, it was easy to have a normal life,
1: yeah. You know, and you talk about. It's kind of like the movie Cheaper by the Dozen, and I think it is. I mean, very seldom do you actually see families that live with that. You didn't have that big a family in 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 terms of 12, but you did have uh, a good-sized family, and it kind of makes us think back to the days, at least it does to me, where, boy— you know, you'd, you'd have a friends, friends of the family or something, and some big family where everybody just gets along like that, and you just see this wonderful thing. It, it, with with the right parents, it really can be a wonderful life to have a big family.
0: It was, and we were. Um, I always said we, we there were six of us, so we had our own hockey team because there's I was a goalie, and then I had the five my five brothers as the uh, <laughs> the five players. Um, we were always <laughs> even on rides at Disneyland. Um, so it was, I mean, we took up, you know, sections of restaurants and, and, uh, and believe me, then there was some fighting in there. Like, you can't have six kids without, uh, without fighting. But even the fights were, um, you know, we'd fight about something about who has the Monopoly game and, you know, who took the last popsicle or whatever it was. And, you know, a few minutes later, we'd be back to, um, playing and, and kind of forget about it. It was it was uh, a few trips to the emergency room for stitches after a big brawl, but in the ER, uh, we were laughing anyway. So,
1: Well, you managed to stay in Southern California. A lot of people take off, so that's not, of course, what you do for a living makes sense. You know, you mentioned you did some commercials. Any we would know off the top of your head?
0: Um, I do. I had done for a long time um, the fast food Jack in the Box. Oh, okay. And um, I know you guys have them in up uh, there in Nevada, and we do. it's kind of it's kind of the west portion of the country. I think it's divided by uh, regionally, like this west part of mm-hmm. the United States. But there's some back east, and I've been doing those for about twenty four years. Wow, nice. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so that's a good gig. I do a lot of Honda um, commercials, and actually, I mean anything that. That you get called for it's uh, right. <laughs> uh, we just finished some big Super Bowl spots uh, for Honda which uh, are always really fun and big um, so yeah we're already done with Super Bowl because it's getting toward that time of the end of the year and Christmas spots and stuff like that so it's kind of busy right now
1: yep and I always love to see successful people come from my school because I went to USC as well so I I just I saw that and go, oh, this is terrific
0: I, I I went to USC because my our cheerleading coach in high school, in at Birmingham High School in the Valley, um, was a huge alumni. I mean, he was he was faithful to USC to the end. Uh, wanted me to go there because he wanted me to be a cheerleader, a song girl at USC. And so I was like, cool, that's what I'll do. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm going to major in, but can yeah. you major in cheerleading. I don't know. Um, so I. I went and I ended up not being uh, a song girl cheerleader because I ended up skiing more than I was cheering. So I ended up I ended up teaching, becoming a ski instructor and teaching skiing. So great! But nice. I loved USC. I liked it there.
1: Oh, well, that's terrific. We're proud of you. That's great. And this book is fantastic. You can get it. It's called "My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad: Growing Up with Tim Conway in the Funniest House in America." Now it's actually going to be released December fifteenth. Is that correct?
0: Yes, and by, it was supposed to be released November 1st, and then we ran into some uh, delays, actually, COVID and paper supply and some editing uh, glitches, but um, they had to pick a new date for it to be released, and at first I was I was thinking, oh, you know, I didn't want it to be delayed, but when they told me it was December 15th, that's my dad's birthday. So, it's actually, this book is being released on his birthday, which is, uh, I think it's such a great sign that he's with me on this because, you know, you second, I've never written a book. I am more on the other side of the camera. I've never done this side before. And I think I'll speak for myself. I second guess myself every hour of every day about, um, you know, gosh, should I have written it? Should I have said that? Should I have, kept it quiet, um, and then when they told me it was the 15th, I was thinking,
1: okay, we're good. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I, if, he's,
0: if he's behind it, then uh, I think he would be proud.
1: Absolutely. It's great. So you can get that for Christmas if you're hurried. <laughs> it's coming out December wow. 15th, and if it's after Christmas, you still want to get it. It's a great book. My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad, Growing Up With Tim Conway in the Funniest House in America. Kelly, thank you so much. It was great meeting you, and we look forward to hearing more about it. If you ever write a second book, let us know that as well. Thanks for having me.